All right. I switched out my message this morning, uh, not this morning, but a couple days ago, uh, actually, um, because I felt the, the urgency of really the Holy Spirit to bring this message to us. And so I want you to maybe receive it that way. It maybe doesn't sound like a message, wow, you know, this is nothing to do with the, you know, the, the frogs and the beasts in the book of Revelation. But what I'm going to share with you this morning, and there's two verses that I'm going to share with you in just a moment, that actually after your salvation, after your salvation, these might be the two most important verses in the entire Bible for us as a believer to look at and give it some consideration and give it some thought. And then, uh, you know, we would all say, Jesus is our model, right? And we all believe that. And we know that Jesus said, come and follow him. What he was saying there is, I want you to see how I'm doing life. I'm going to you to see how I'm doing life, and I want you to follow me in that. I want to show you how this is done. And remember, he gathered a small group of people, 12 disciples, and that's what he said to each one of them when he called them. Come follow me. Come follow me. He still says that same thing to you and I. Come and follow me. But it's somehow easy for us to compartmentalize our going to church and hearing messages and then living out everyday life. It's just it is somehow it just happens. We walk out of church and we forget everything. Even sometimes the promptings of the Holy Spirit during that message, where the Lord just kind of tugs on your heart, you know, and he, he starts pulling you and you, you feel the sense of, yeah, this is God speaking to me. And, and then you walk away, though, and you somehow lose it at the coffee shop on the way out. And we just walk away and we forget about what the Holy Spirit just got done tugging on our heart about. And, and I, I want to talk about these scriptures and a few other scriptures and give us a challenge. Because as Amelia was saying, we need a, we need a lot of help if we're going to serve our community, which we want to do. It's going to take all hands on deck, and I'm going to show you today how that just that process alone brings Christ to the face of people. And this is what we want to do. We want this community. And again, our target has been uh, just the radius around the church here. And we're, we're, we're hitting Jerusalem first. And so let me read these two scriptures to you. Uh, that, that I believe would be, again, after salvation, maybe the most important verses for you and I, not only to know, but to really uh, consider. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 26. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become, yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you. And we'll read the context of this in just a moment, where, <laughs> where it talks about this. As a matter of fact, why don't you jump down to that now? Do I have the rest of that verse about three slides in? Matthew chapter 20, 24 to 28. It says, and when he, and when the ten heard it, if you remember the story, we have the, uh, uh, the, the mother of two of the disciples coming to Jesus and saying, hey, can I have the great spot? Can my son sit on the right and left side of you? 
And then we have the ten getting mad about that, and they're coming to Jesus now and saying, what in the world's going on? And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself, and he said this, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your what? Servant. Let him be your servant. We all want to be great, I believe, in God's kingdom. And he goes on to say, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And that's the second verse that is on, your, on the top of your notes, Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28. Just as the Son of Man... Matter of fact, why don't we read this together? Can we read this together? Let's read it together. Just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to serve, and to Okay, a few of you didn't read that, so can we just do it again? And just watch those that didn't, and let's go for it. Just as the Son of Man... Father, this morning I pray that the Word of God, which is sharp and powerful and reaches into the depths of our being to transform and change us, would be active today in each heart. God, we all do love you here, and we want you, uh, Lord, by your Word, to minister to us this morning and transform us in Jesus' name, amen. I think it's totally phenomenal that... uh, This scripture is even in the Bible. Son of man didn't come to serve, but to be served, but to serve. Thinking, what what was he after there? The Son of Man wasn't here. He didn't come here to have servants. He didn't come here for that. But he actually came here to be a servant. He came here to be a servant. Now, let that sink in just a second. We're talking about the God of the universe who put on human clothing, put on a human outfit, and said, I'm coming here to serve you. I'm coming here to serve you. I'm here to serve you. No, 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 no. I didn't call you to serve me. I'm here to serve you. I've come to serve you. And, and, and his whole heart and mindset and understanding he was demonstrating to us was the, this amazing love that he has for us, that he'd be willing to come down and simply be a servant to us. I don't know, that's just mind-boggling to me. But he goes on to say this, and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, when you think about that, what does that say to you? That him coming here to be a servant, totally giving up his life. Now, think about his life up there. He totally gave that up to come here. He gave that up to come here so that he could become a ransom for many. What's he saying? Hey, I know how to save you. I'm going to come down and do this. I'm going to come down and serve you. And I'm going to give my entire life as a ransom for you. And I believe as we look at the the message today, uh, it's called the church that serves. As we look at the message today, the church that serves is a church that's going to make a difference. Because we're going to not be here to be served. 
How many know that most of your problems in relationships have to do with the fact that you would prefer to be served over the other person that you're with? <laughs> How many problems does that cause in marriage? Come on. Simply, that's it. It's just, it comes down to that. And so he, he, we're, we're talking this morning about the Lord Jesus Christ coming here not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And I hadn't really put the two together myself, but I thought, wow, that's how he did it. That's how 2,000 years later we're still being saved and we're still talking about Jesus today. <laughs> because of what he did, he gave his, ran- his life a ransom for many. And I believe that as we step into this, that we will see the same results that Jesus had. And what do you think? Maybe greater? Maybe? I've heard that somewhere. You know, and, 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 and this is the thing. Serving is not something that you're commanded to do. But it certainly is something that you were created to do. You were not commanded to do it. You were created to do it. And God wants to do something in our hearts today, I believe, that's going to um, I was just talking to, to Alan this morning. It's like something needs to break inside of us sometimes. Just re-break. You know, we get going in life, and, and pretty soon we get into a certain level that we're happy with, and that's where we stay. And it's just hard to get us out of that. And I'm hoping that a few scriptures might just uh, do that this morning in each one of our hearts. Anybody open to that? <sighs> Come on. Anybody open to that? <laughs> we got to all be into this. I'm going to show you this by the end of it. We need to all be into this, not just some of us. Listen to these verses here, and and just again, don't let familiarity breed contempt with you in these scriptures. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 21, may he equip you with all that you need for what? Doing his will. Wow. So he wants to equip me. And may he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Wow, what a powerful thought there. You might want to underline there, may he equip you uh, with all that you need for doing his will. See, his will is so far beyond you that you can't do it on your own. Maybe you've tried and you've failed, and that's the struggle you're having today. Is man, I tried this. Well, he's reeling you back to say, okay, I watched you try this, but now I want to show you how to do it the way that I did it. He didn't do anything except for what the Father said and with the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Everything he did, he dedicated to that. That was his whole message is, hey, you can have a relationship with the Father through me. And once you get that, then you can do these things in greater that I have done. And, I'm, and, and, and we're actually called to do that. Sometimes we ask God for things, but we're not willing to um, do anything with what he's asking, what we're asking for. Because we're asking for stuff selfishly. We're just saying, God, I want this, and I want this, and I want this. And what he's saying is, let me just equip you first for all that you need for doing his will. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Ooh, ooh, do you know what that is? Do you know what that means? 
Each person, each of you, he didn't say some of you would get a gift and then I want you to use those, or he didn't say that uh, I'm going to give you a pastor and he's going to do it all. But he said, each of you have received a gift and I want you to use it to serve others as what? Faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I see, we have to just step back sometimes and just take these personal. This isn't me, Danny, coming up with things for you to do. Uh, Today, my desire is to encourage and plant some seeds in you that ignite you for all of eternity. And I'm going to show you how important that's going to be a little bit later in the message as to why you need to hear what I'm saying and not just hear it, but begin to be a doer of it. Uh, Second Peter chapter one and verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. And so there's these scripture after scripture after scripture that talks about me being not only born and created with a purpose in my mother's womb, but also being born again and stepping into that purpose. And this is what I want us all to see today. If you're sitting here today and you're thinking, well, I don't feel any tug at all to do anything, then then you're missing something. Or you're not saved. I don't know which to tell you. I hope it's the second or the first one. But something's wrong if you don't feel a tug of God's purpose because he said that he put eternity inside of your heart. And what did he do that for? So you could get a sense of what he's all about and what he's doing and know it and and, and begin to live it out from an inward perspective that, man, I, I am impotent in God's eyes. And I am needing to fulfill his will and purpose for my life because he called me to do that. Let me just look through quickly some benefits that we experience by serving others. Number one, serving others, serving together fulfills Jesus' highest desire for your life. Do you know if you just come here and then you just go home and you never bother to build connections and relationships, which often comes easier by serving with people, right? Than just sitting down and saying, hi, my name is Bob. Oh, yes, okay. And, and you, you try to have, but when you start working with people, some dynamic changes and you begin to build relationship. But when you are fulfilling his purpose together as a community, you are fulfilling his highest desire. How many, and this is not a, it's not a trick question, it's not an odd question, but how many really would like to just please the Lord? How many would like to give God the opportunity to look down on the planet in the middle of all the wretched stuff that's out in the perverted, twisted stuff that's happening and see people that really love him? I mean, I do. I just do because I'm his son. He saved me. I'm his son. I want that to happen. I want him to look down on my life and not go, oh. I'm just being transparent with you here this morning because this is the reality of it. God is looking down upon the earth. Right? It says he's looking even for those that have a heart toward him. He's searching for that. It must be sad that he has to search for something like that. But that's what he says. And so he puts something in us. Listen to this here. This was Jesus' prayer. 
He's exiting out. This is uh, his longest recorded prayer is in John chapter 17. And so what does he say there? What, what is his overall picture there? Listen to part of it. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us so that the world, whoa, hey, wait a minute, so the world might believe that you sent me. So see, he's adding this back now to evangelism and reaching the lost. He's saying, hey, and, but, but this is his prayer. God, help them make themselves one as we were one and also with us. And I'm thinking, this must be more important than I thought in the past that I have to build relationship with the community that I'm a part of, and I don't just come here once a week and then go home and, and stay busy all week and then come back again. Does that sound true, church? Let me read this out of the Passion Translation, this particular verse. But Serving together fulfills Jesus' highest desire for your life. I'm just helping you know how to do that. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given to them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same Unity that we enjoy. Wow. What a powerful thing he's connecting. And I've, I've said this to us all along, all for 20 years. The relationship this way is reflected in the relationships this way. I can't say that I love it this way if I don't love it this way. So now all I have to do is make sure that I define love properly. We're not going to go into that, but you know what I'm saying. Because all of us will say we love each other. Right? We've gotten that far. That's good news. <laughs> Number two, it, it's, it's, uh, serving is one of the greatest tools of evangelism. We just read this, but it's worth reading again. That they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us so the world may believe that you sent me. See, I, somehow I have to get past maybe thinking the way I think about what the relationship that God's calling us into is really supposed to be like. Otherwise, I compartmentalize my Christianity onto a Sunday morning and not the rest of the week. And when God's saying, hey, this is a priority here, you know, ring the bell, priority time, you know, hey, this is it. This is what I want you to really focus on. And I want you to come together as one and work together. And when we do that, the world's going to see it. One of the greatest tools of evangelism that I can think of. One of the easiest ones. Number three, serving allows us to experience miracles. Think about that. When you're serving, you're more apt to, to, to experience a miracle than anybody else. Remember the servants at the wedding, the first wedding? Guess what? All the people wondered where the good, came, the good wine came from. But guess what? The servants that got the water knew that that was a miracle. They got to experience it. 
They got to experience it. I mean, it's that you think about that story and, and, and other stories about how uh, the servants were right involved with the miracles. I think of Elijah's servant and the, when the, the whole army came against him and Elijah said, oh, let me just pray that your eyes will be open. I want you to see something here. All of a sudden, what he saw a miracle. So serving, he was his servant. He was Elijah's ser- servant. Serving puts you smack dab into a position to experience miracles. Some of us want to do that from our living room couch. You know what I mean? I'm just being honest. That's what we want to do. We want this to happen this way. And God's saying, nah, that's, that's, that's a little bit off. Number four, serving allows us to discover and to develop our spiritual gifts. Discover our spiritual gifts. Uh, Luke chapter 16 says, He who is faithful in the least is faithful also in much. The, trans, the, the Passion Translation puts this this way. The one who faithfully manages the little he has, he has been given, will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. I'd like you also put that, well, you have it on your notes here, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where he talks about the whole body coming together and being used and, and, and finding out, what am I? You know, am I a hand, a foot? What, what, what part of the body am I? How am I discovering what my, uh, my gifts and, 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 and uh, spiritual gifts are and how do I develop those? Those happen when you begin to serve. You jump in. I remember when I was first saved, I was... And I, I was uh, I seemed to be working in every area I could think of in the church. I worked in the nursery. I worked everywhere. I used to think, what am I doing in all these places? And then one day, God said, I want you to pastor. I said, okay, now I get it. Now I understand what you did that for. It it developed my giftings, and and your, your gifts are developed in the same way. As you begin to serve, you begin to discover, you know, what are you good at? You know, what are you good at? They're, they've never asked me to be on the, on the, on the worship team yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they've heard me sing. And, 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 and you know, they, they really don't even ask me to do anything on the computers. Why? Because <laughs> I mess them up every time. But I've learned that through the process. Does that make sense? You get involved, you jump in, and you start doing things. Like I say, we have this big event coming. Sign up for something and do it. I guarantee by the end of it, you'll either know that's what you should do or not do. (laughs) And the next time, sign up for something different. Patricia and I went to the mission field in the very first part of our life. We went to Trinidad uh, and Tobago for three months. And believe me, it did give me a heart for missions, but it also told me that I didn't belong there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why? Because I did it. I went out and I did it, and then I found out and I grew through it. Like I say, it, man, I got a heart for missions now that I'd never had, I'd never had before I going on the mission field. But I also discovered that I wasn't going to stay there. I wouldn't survive. <laughs> No Starbucks, no nothing. <clears throat> so it's, it's going to help you discover, you know, your gifts and grow them up. And uh, number five, serving allows us to experience the joy and praise that comes from simple 
obedience. You know, Psalms talks about serve the Lord with gladness. First uh, Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms so that all things that God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So there's something about stepping in and serving that I've always experienced when I walk away, even if it's been really hard, because how many know sometimes it's hard to serve? You know, you, you, you say, man, I bit off a little more than I could chew. <laughs> Okay, and, and, and yet somehow God did something in that, and there's something good about that. There's something about finding, I don't know anybody that's ever gone to a mission trip that didn't come back changed, saying, man, that just changed my life. That just did something about me. And they come back with more joy and more excitement about the kingdom of God. Serving helps us to become more like Jesus. We read that earlier, that Jesus, uh, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and what? To give his life a ransom for many. Number seven, serving delights the heart of God. Again, uh, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 40, the king will answer and say to, him, to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, to the extent that you did it, for one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, what? You did it for me. Have you ever really just maybe meditated on that verse a little bit? And just thought, wow, man, what I do for you and what I do for others, he says, I'm actually doing for him. I'm his hands and I'm his feet if I allow myself to be that. I'm available to touch people. In such a way that he, uh, they will even recognize that it's his touch, not mine. And I'm, I'm, I was just thinking, and just, uh, I'm just uh, getting pretty excited about the upcoming events because I can just see this process happening in the hearts of people. The Bible does say that we can taste and see that the Lord is good. I believe as we come together in unity and serve and work together and serve that uh, this community is going to be touched in a way that it hasn't been touched before. It's going to leave a mark on it. i got to begin to believe that we can make a difference, right? right? We, we know Jesus, we, uh, we get empowered by His Spirit, and then we go make a difference. <clears throat> Number eight, serving surrounds us with other Christians who can help us to follow Jesus or sometimes kill them. Uh, it, it, it can vary. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10 talks about this, spurring one another on toward love and good deeds. And uh, not, don't give up meeting together and, and being together, but encouraging one another. Number nine, serving increases our faith. Serving increases our faith. The Bible says that God will supply all of your needs according to His riches and His glory by Christ Jesus. And as I, I meditated on this here, I thought, you know, um, it is a sacrifice to serve. I, I don't doubt that. I don't want to get up here and say, hey, you come and serve and you're going to have goosebumps the whole time you're doing it. Because you probably won't. You probably won't. But what I can tell you is that as you sacrifice, the exchange is much greater. And this is what he's saying. I want you to give up your earthly pleasure and enjoyment, and I will give you all that you need. I'll supply you things that you've never even experienced. 
I'll supply all of your needs, not just, and I believe it's everything, and maybe you've done this, or maybe you've experienced this yourself, I would hope, is that, uh, uh, I, I just think of a small example in college, um, when uh, a friend of mine, Jack Loman, which some of you do know him, Jack Loman, uh, uh, came to me and said, hey, will you help out with the, with the Royal Rangers uh, program? And I said, no, I don't have time. I'm here to go to Bible college. I just got into Bible college. I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to struggle just getting through college. I'm not going to have time. And he just kept coming back after week after week. He'd come and say, hey, man, are you ready to help yet? You know? And finally, I remember bargaining with God. <clears throat> so you might want to try this cast lots, bargain, you know, do something. <laughs> just do something, I guess. But I just remember saying, well, God, if, if I'm going to do this, you're going to have to help me with this. And man, I'm just telling you, he was so faithful to help me on the other side of the coin. It, it, it became a joy and a delight to serve those young uh, 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 um, children. <laughs> Somebody... <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. I was just so painful back then. No, it wasn't. It was a delight. I couldn't. It was just one of those things where uh, it was just, uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of the word elementary, and I guess it wasn't coming. <laughs> you guys are cruel. I just want to tell you that. Lord, just forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, Maybe I don't either, but, but I, I just remember this exchange taking place, and I have stories from that season of my life to this day that, from young men now that are serving Christ wholeheartedly and, 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 and following Him because I did the sacrifice. And, and again, you know, working with elementary is a sacrifice, working with, with, with in, in any area. But, but it just, it builds your faith. You just start asking God, Lord, I need to, you know, because again, how many excuses do we have to not do the will of God? D does anybody need a couple? I have them extras. <laughs> you know what I mean? How many do we have? I'm too tired. I don't have time. I have this. I got to do that. What I'm saying is I get that, but I just, I don't think that's a good place to stand biblically. According to the word, that's a very bad place. It's just like saying, I can't afford to tithe. It's just not a good place, which I don't know how Amelia got that out of her deal. <laughs> her, announce, her announcement, but that was good, I guess. We'll take it. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's just we, we have to just start looking at the word and letting it direct my life in real way. And when I feel like this, you know, when I read a verse that talks about serving and then I turn around and argue my way out of it, has anybody ever done that with God? Raise your hand if you really have done that. You've talked to yourself, you've argued it with God. Okay, I have too. Okay, a lot, because that's just my nature. But you just won't, aren't going to win. So you might as well just give in now. But it's just one of those things where your faith has to grow because now I've got to depend on God for whatever excuse, excuse me, whatever reason, did I say excuse, whatever reason that I'm presenting to God or whatever that I can't do it, i got to come over here and say, okay, God, now I need faith to believe to do that. And man, I'm just telling you, that's such a great place to go because all of a sudden you begin to experience the power of God. He's going to supply all of your needs. Number 10, serving will be rewarded by God. 
I know none of us like to hear this. I know a lot of, oh, that doesn't sound very good that God's going to reward us. He's going to reward us. No, the Bible actually is filled with rewards for you and I when we get to heaven. Do you, you know that? It really does. It's, it's filled with it. Listen to this here. And, and, and he's not dangling a carrot in front of us. He's just giving us a fact. He just said, hey, whatever you lose in this life, don't worry. You're not going to lose it in the rest of life. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to go over and above. Listen to this. Colossians 3. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know that we will receive what? A what? Say it a little bit louder. This is the Bible, not me. An inheritance from the Lord as we do what? Serve the Lord Yahweh, the anointed one. So he's just very plain and clear with us because he knows it's going to cost you everything here. He recognizes that. He's, he's a good father, and you don't never tell your kids stuff, you know, just randomly, but you give them the truth, and this is what he's doing here. Ephesians chapter uh, 2 and verse 10, just a, another verse to move on with. Ephesians 2 and verse 10, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? Huh. So serving's not a command. But I was created for it. I was created for it. <clears throat> this, uh, this next thing, is many of you will be familiar with, is Rick Warren's uh, uh, acrostic. It, it just goes like this, simply shape. How am I shaped as a believer? How do I start discovering what I'm supposed to do? Uh, and he just goes through the, the, the letters. Uh, the first S is for spiritual gifts. God's empowered and abil- uh, abilities for serving that are given to believers. He's given us spiritual gifts to all utilize and function. H is heart. That which motivates us. What uh, do you care most about? What's a burden on your heart? If I asked you to raise your hands, which I wouldn't, some of you would say, you know, children, babies. I love to just take care of babies. I want to take care of babies. And, and others would, you, would say, I don't think I could handle that. I don't think I could do that. I think it's just too much for me. It's just, it just drives me crazy. I just remember I, I couldn't even change a poopy diaper. I did the, the, the wet ones. I could handle those. But the others, I just wasn't created to change. There was just no way. Because whatever came out of that bottom began to come out of my mouth. <laughs> it was just like, not going to work any time that I saw it. And so, so I just told Patricia, that's how God created me. <laughs> I'll take care of the number ones, and you handle the twos and the throw up, and we'll be good. But, but what motivates you? What is in your heart? Because something should be there. Something should be, there's something that you have a passion for. Kathy Staggers came to me the other day. You know, she's a, uh, a hospice uh, nurse and has been for years. It's just a passion of hers to just care for people at that position. And that's a hard one. And, and, and yet that's such a passion for her that she does it beyond her, her uh, job. The, the A is abilities, natural talents that you were born with. What are you doing with what God has created you to be able to do. Have you totally secularized everything that God probably gave you to use for the spiritual? That's a pretty deep thought, isn't it? 
Instead of we first go, well, how am I going to make money with it? No. How might I affect the kingdom of God and see it come on earth as it is in heaven through that talent and through that gifting? You guys good with that? Personality affects how you, how you are. There's some people we've said not to put as greeters. Uh, just in case you've wondered, if you weren't asked, that might not have been the reason, but that, that could have been. Uh, so your personality is important as you use your gifts. And then the last part is just experience. What have you gone through in the past that prepares you, uh, prepares you for ministry? What are some of the things that you went through, the trainings? I mean, think about the Apostle Paul. He was trained in all of these things. He went to the school of Gamaliel. He was very wise, very sharp. He had lots of experience with people and, 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 and his country and all of that. And then all of a sudden, and all of that he got, guess what? Before he was saved. Right? All this experience he got, and then all of a sudden he becomes born again. And what does he do? He immediately begins to use his talent for what? Writing most of what you read today. He was prepared for this. What has God prepared you? What experiences have you had? What training have you had? What natural abilities do you carry that, that you might say, I'm not just going to secularize those. I'm going to spiritualize those. I'm going to use them first for the kingdom and, 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 and seeing his kingdom come because there's nothing that's eternal besides the kingdom. There's nothing that's going to last besides the kingdom. Everything on the earth is going to be burned up except for what's of God's. And this is what he's trying to help us to understand. Warren Wisby, a pastor, Bible teacher, conference speaker, says it this way. If life is to have meaning, and if God's will is to be done, all of us have to accept who we are, what we are, and give it back to God and thank him for the way he made us. What I am, he goes on to say, is... Uh, is God's gift to me. What I do with it is my gift back to Him. In other words, how were we created? And I want to just close with this particular few passages here out of Malachi. If you know Malachi, they were complaining to God, and they were actually at one point complaining about serving. He said, why do we keep serving you and we don't see any effects of it, but there are all these other heathen are getting all these benefits. And again, like the tithing thing, he comes and says, well, why, why, why are you asking me this question like that? And so he just begins to, 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 to lay it out to them as what they were doing. And then in Malachi 3, 16 to 18, he leaves us this. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord has paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who, what? Feared the Lord and esteemed his name. Verse 17, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. And in the day when I make up my treasured possession, I, I, I hadn't really researched that out, but I have been just thinking about that, that, that very term. When I make up my treasured possession... I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. And then once more, you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. 
And I, 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 I think it's so important, church, that uh, not, not even just for this event that I'm talking about this, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, God's wanting us to step into a, a new dimension and a new level of coming together in unity and harmony and working together for the greater purpose. And we, we break off the wretched 80-20 rule where 20% of the people are doing all the work. I've always been convicted that if I'm not doing what God has called me to do, I will never grow spiritually like I need to grow. And I believe that bears out. We've even read a lot of scriptures about that. I got to do what God created me to do in order to grow spiritually because that's where I have found that I do grow the most. And it's not always fun, but how many know sometimes iron sharpens iron? And it just has to do that. We need that. You need that. I just want to tell you, in case you didn't know it, you need that. We all do. And this is what he's saying to Malachi. Hey, I'm calling you to a higher level of serving as a body. I believe God wants to make a difference, and he's going to do it through that. And I will just give you this verse just because we have to understand, we have to combat sometimes the the fightings in our minds against the will of God because that's where it comes. The enemy comes with a partial lie. But listen to this in Paul. He says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people. He's talking about how much he's serving, but I'm trying to please that of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So he's he's very plainly saying, I'm not wanting you to do stuff for show, but I am wanting you to do stuff. I'm wanting you to grow in your gift and callings and talents. And and I'm wanting you to join together as a community of believers and work together like never before and allow yourself to be pulled together. And guess what? With the separation that the enemy has devised in this world right now, that unity is going to stand out like a sore thumb, as the old saying goes. And it's going to be easy for people to see, and they're going to walk into that, and they're going to say, wow, why is there such a unity at this particular water fest. This was supposed to just be fun. But I'm feeling this envelopment of God's presence around me. I'm feeling something I haven't experienced before. And I I believe when we begin to really believe that God can move like that, I've told you that he started speaking to me and getting me into a conversation with him because of believers way before I was saved. We had some pretty good conversations which brought me to him. So I just want to just challenge us up as a church. Let's be the church that serves. Can anybody say amen to that?